The Louisville football program has went out west again to get another top-rated commit from the state of California, this time in top 60 recruit DeAndre Moore. We'll talk about what he brings to this program and more on this episode of the show. Stay tuned. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome into this bonus episode of the Locked On the Louisville Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dalton Pence. I don't think he's ever made an appearance on the same day twice, but regardless, there is a first for everything. Cardinal Sports Zone co-founder and editor Jeremy Wallman on the show for the second time today. Jeremy, what's going on? Man, I'm just I'm sitting here grinding. I'm actually posting a post right now about the uh, the situation in hand. So. I appreciate you having me on a second time, and then later on I'll do the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast. So this is just uh, this is a dream day for me. So I appreciate you having me back on. You're very, very welcome. Um, Cardinals received their tenth commitment in the Flyville 23 class. This time, the highest rated commit um, since 2006, according to the ESPN Recruiting Services. That is wide receiver DeAndre Moore Jr. We will talk about what he brings to the program. We will also discuss. Um, uh, this possibly being the highest rate of recruiting class since recruiting cycles started or re- recruiting services started, I should say. And then the final segment, we will discuss a little bit about the baseball um, tournament selection show and the Cardinals path to the Super Regional. Um, starting out with the Cardinals got a commitment from longtime target DeAndre Moore Jr. For those who um, are, are kind of new to football recruiting, he visited with Pierce Clarkson in that big weekend in January, uh, quickly decommitted from Oklahoma after that. Um, the 55th ranked prospect in the um, 24-7 sports composite. Uh, hey, it's kind of funny, isn't it? 55, talking about the 55th best uh, recruit in the country. But regardless, a huge commitment for Scott Satterfield and company. Um, I've seen some people, I don't know why this is a thing. They're like, oh, I would rather have a high four-star lineman or a high four-star cornerback, I'm like, just be grateful. It's a high four-star prospect. And it's at a position of need. Like, next year, we are going to need wide receivers. Yeah, and and, and I think another thing is, he's 5L23, right? Yeah. I just want to make sure before I hit a tweet, a live tweeting on the show. Also, real quick, before I address that, UofL football has changed their Twitter over the last week. It is now at Louisville FB. It's been I think at all UofL Louisville football sports like that now. They yeah they well baseball baseball did it first and then I noticed this past weekend. Uh, well, baseball did it first. Baseball and sorry, so the women's basketball team staying the same for as, as far as I can see. Baseball <laughs> changed theirs last year at some point, and then volleyball and football have changed theirs. Uh, Louisville men's basketball changed theirs a couple months ago, um, but it's at Louisville FB. I, I keep continuing to try to tag at UofL football, but pe- people just want to complain, Dalton. It's like this kid is ranked as high as 16th overall, uh, depending on which recruiting. Uh, I mean, literally. ESPN just put out a tweet stating he was the 16th overall player, I guess, in their uh, ranking system. 17th. Uh, 17th. 
don't you correct me on the air. I will never talk to you. You know what? Hold on. What can I do here real quick? You're getting to be a big boy. No, you're getting to be a big boy. Yes, don't ever say that it. again. Uh, <laughs> pause. But uh, no, I mean, this this is legit money. This kid is money. And not only is he one of the highest ranked prospects we've ever had, there's three other kids in this class, which is the uh, Aaron is well, Aaron Williams. Is that his name? Aaron Williams. And then you and then you got Pierce Clarkson and then somebody else. And I apologize for forgetting. I've I've had a long day, Dalton. So it's not even new. Oh, it is. I, I apologize. It's twelve oh one. I'm sorry. That's the last one. Yeah, but I've been up all day. This morning I delivered a uh, went with one of my friends to deliver a customized barrel head to Nolan Smith of him and his dad. Uh, I'm not going to tell y'all that Nolan cried. I'm not going to tell you he almost cried, but y'all just, I mean, he, he almost cried. But, uh, I mean, I'm not going to tell you that, even though I just told you that. But, no, this is a big deal. Anybody that's like, I wish I had a five-star, I wish I had. Okay, stop complaining. It's all sports. Last week, everybody was in love with KP. Now we, Now he's missing out on every guard. Knew we should have got. Thad Mata, or must bus. Sorry, I said Thad Mata. Must bus. Thad knew we should have got Scott Drew. Knew we should have got Dalton Pence. Like any of them. So it's like, I mean, gosh, man, it's just yeah, no. stop complaining. Uh, you, you've been complaining because he can't recruit. Now he's recruiting. It's always going to be a new a new complaint. So there's always. It's almost like a shtick now. To where it's like Louisville fans, there. I mean, I'm not gonna generalize all of the Louisville fans because there's a lot of people that are right, right. It's a, it's a big percentage of there, there's them, a, there's a good amount that just want to complain about everything. But in terms of DeAndre Moore um, specifically, um, I like doing this on the show because I think it gives a, or it paints a good picture of what a prospect brings to the table on the field. Greg Biggins, who is one of the best um, recruiting analysts, really specializes in. Um, you know, the West Coast and stuff like that projected more as a uh, day two NFL draft pick, second to third round projection. Here's what he had to say. Moore is a two-way player and a legitimate top 100 prospect nationally at receiver and at safety. Notice he is um, he is um, listed as an athlete. So uh, although he's probably going to be playing wide receiver here, could also go defensively if, if things uh, were to change. Um, Biggins goes on to say he has a solid frame, well-muscled, but isn't stiff and is fluid in how he moves. At receiver, he has very good body control, strong hands, and is excellent in jump ball situations. Uh, let's see. He goes on to say he has good ball skills and ball awareness on both sides of the ball. And although he prefers receiver, he might have more long-term upside in the secondary, which is interesting to point out. Um, runs well, but can continue to improve athletically in both his short area quickness and long speed, but has the tools to be an impact player at the next level and has NFL upside. More is... Six foot, 185 pounds listed in his recruiting um, database profile. But um, a seven-on-seven teammate of Pierce Clarkson. And um, what better way to try to keep Pierce Clarkson or make sure that he's staying in this class than going out and getting all of his highly rated friends. So uh, it seems like, Jeremy, it seems like, uh, you know, with the wide receiving committee kind of up in the air, it seems like D. Wiggins might I don't know how much eligibility he has left, but Louisville needs a different make difference maker at wide receiver. Amari Huggins, Bruce might be that guy. Um, there are some other guys on the roster, but it seems like Moore is is a possible Des slash two two level guy. 
No, for sure. I mean, I and this is nothing against Dez uh, because I love Dez and his 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 family. Known them for a long, long time. Um, I think right off the bat, more will be. And again, a lot of this had to do with the fact that Dez was kind of stifled by by the the coaching staff for a couple of years. But I think more mm-hmm. is going to end up surpassing him in every stat. Uh, I think we're going to, whereas Des may have had a little bit more hype, I think Moore is going to out, outperform him. I just, I just do. I, I've watched his game film. I really, I really love everything about his game. And I've saw a lot of wide receivers come and go. And I see bits of Devontae Parker in, in him. I see bits of Jalen Smith in him, Lavelle Boyd, uh, just clutch receivers, guys that you went to. On third, now here's here's the thing though, those guys are all tall, a lot taller than Moore is. So when you get a guy who can run routes like Tutu and Dion Branch, but they've got the jump ball ability of Devonte and uh, gosh, uh, Jalen, it's like and Mario, you Rudy. If I forget him, he'll absolutely just never talk to me again. Like he's a perfect hybrid of all these receivers. You know, he, you know who he reminds me the most? And this is something I also said about this kid. And we didn't end up – he committed here but ended up going elsewhere. But Isaiah Ford. Isaiah Ford. Yeah. Uh, very, very talented. Very, very skilled. Um, and I, I think I think that Moore is going to be Isaiah Ford but with a longer career. And I know that sounds bad, but I, I mean it. And and I think that that that's just kind of a that that's no uh, I hate how people always take that as you disrespecting somebody. No, that's honestly just a testimony to how I, how good a certain yeah. player is. And I think DeAndre Moore is, you know, a guy. You know, although he's only six foot, is very electric and just overall a a, a great receiver. Um, so I'm very very excited. But as far as this Flyville 23 class, I'm going to talk about some things here in just a second, and and we're going to basically have a discussion on whether or not this is going to be the highest rated recruiting class in Louisville program history since the recruiting services started. Um, we'll do that here in just a second after we talk about our friends over at Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online can continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hey, Cardinal fans, thanks again for making Locked On Louisville your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you like to get your podcasts. Moving right along into the second segment with Cardinal Sports Zone co-founder and editor Jeremy Wallman. 55, four of the current 10 commits in the class are four stars. Three of Love those it. are in the top 130. Mm-hmm. Eight of the top of the 10 commitments are currently in the top 500, and one of the two that are not, who's a 6'5 tight end, just got invited to the Adidas All-American Bowl. So, uh, it seems like a rankings boost is in order for him. Currently, the Cardinals have the seventh best class in the 2023 cycle, surpassing Georgia for the moment. 
Um, but still huge when you consider the fact of how this class has gone. I, I know that you're very high on some of the recruiting classes of the past, kind of before recruiting, recruiting cycles kind of came about. But I knew you were going to say that. Kind of pushing that to the side for the moment. Per recruit average, going up here with DeAndre Moore, I just don't see uh, – now assuming that they're going to have to continue some of this momentum into the remaining 15 guys that end up signing, so you can't sign a bunch of guys that aren't ranked. Um, but with some of the prospects that they're going after, I don't see why this couldn't be the highest-rated class in recruiting cycle history for the Cardinals. No, for sure. And they also have to hold on to these guys that they have committed That to. is also very true. We need to get them signed because we had a class uh, under Charlie Strong that, that had guys like uh, Puna Ford and Isaiah Ford and uh, George Rushing from Wisconsin. There's one other guy I always and Gerald Ford. Him. Yeah, well, and and Henry Ford and sorry, no, but uh, f- first off, Marshawn Ford. Say, uh, All right, go ahead. Hold on, real quick. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm done. That's the last time. Uh, you said you were done the last time. I know, but this time for real, I, I, I promise. I promise on my Woman Wednesday appearances, even the Tuesday ones. I could have been like, technicality, it's Tuesday. Um, here's what I want to say, and you can attest to this. I've been one of the only guys on this podcast, uh, roundtable, whatever you panel, that when everybody else was crap, well, when four out of the five were crapping all over Satterfield, what did I say, Dalton? You've got to give him enough time to get his own guys in here. You've got to give him enough time to get his culture installed. And everybody was like, oh, we don't want to wait. Oh, we got beat by the blue guys really badly two years. Yeah, but you know what? He's you got to give him four or five years to get his guys in it. And that's what we as a fan base has failed at. We have failed at that a lot, ready to oust guys after year two. In, in all sports, when we've not given them enough time. And you can even – and I want to take this from uh, our guys over at Louisville Sports Live. They, they, they cut out an excerpt today, and I want to read that to you. Uh, and, and this is what I'm talking about. This is the kind of stuff – Scott Satterfield, when, when he was hired as the coach, I was on board because I thought he's a really good dude. I met him a couple times, really nice to me. His wife, super nice to me. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's give him a chance. And I was worried. I'm not so much now because I had no idea that in the face of adversity, this guy was going to come out, come out swinging like he has with this recruiting class. Yeah. But I was like, he's a good dude. He's trying to promote a, a better atmosphere. And that's going to take time because not, not a lot of your better players want to come and be all howdy doody and love each other and be loved on and stuff. They want to come to school, uh, get away with what they can, uh, as you can see with Coach Petrino's last class. Um, well, no, the, his last class the first time. He, or no, no, the guys he left for uh, the guy we do, do not name, even though it wasn't his fault. But here, here's what Moore said. Moore said, a lot of people try to sell you on family, but Louisville is just that. I'm a people person. I react off of other people's energy and how you treat me from the jump. It was great energy. He said on one of his two visits, he went bowling with uh, with offensive coordinator Lance Taylor, who was fostering a family atmosphere in the program. Taylor brought his wife Jamie and their kids. He said that that Beth Satterfield knew everything about Moore and his family when when they met with her, um, and also Moore credited Pierce Clarkson 
which I think the Clarkson family, you, and this is not taking anything away from the coaching staff at the University of Louisville because I think they're all doing a bang-bang job. But the best job they did was securing Pierce Clarkson because he is recruiting for football unlike any other football player we've ever had here. Uh, there, there's been some, hey, bro, come join me to the Ville guys before, but they, they either never did or those guys showed up and then they transferred out of the program. Uh, that's not the case this time. Pierce Clarkson, I think we really need uh, – the Louisville fan base needs to put him on an NIL deal as far as getting these other guys to come in. He is the difference maker. And whereas I said adamantly during the season last year, if you Louisville fans keep crapping on Satterfield, he's going to come out and win eight or nine games this year, get a better job offer, and bounce on us, and then we're back to square one. So let's be patient with him. With, these, with this recruiting class he's putting together, I don't see any way he bounced. So that makes me feel better about having him another year. Now, what happens if he comes out this year and we we don't have a a what a we have we win seven games? Well, here's the thing. To me, I mean, we have to beat the team down the road. If we win seven and they're one of them, I'm okay with that. Even though a lot of people would not be, but he's building for the future. It takes a long time to build a foundation in football. And he has slowly but steadily built this foundation. I have, I, I don't trust him like I do Kenny Payne. Even with the people, oh, we don't have any guards. No, you don't know which guards we have. We got guards. It's just not available. It's not the jet moans and them aren't leaking out everything like they used to be, that, like they used to. I have loved that about Kenny Payne. But yes, he, Kenny Payne's got coaches already in place that haven't been announced. He's got players lined up that haven't been announced uh, to the common person. And it's even gotten to the point. I told you at some point I was going to have to keep my mouth shut about people. Uh, we're at that point. I told you that a couple of weeks ago on the Cardinal sports zone podcast, but back to this, uh, I do think this could end up being the greatest recruiting class in Louisville history. Asterisk since recruiting services has been started, because if you followed football for any amount of time, you know that, the 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 ninety six class with Chris Redman, Ivan Green, uh, Don Bibb, Jeremy Wam, and those guys. That was the that was and it really was. That's not just me tooting my horn. I just I was blessed enough to be a part of that class. That was the best class we've ever had from top to bottom. If you look at the record books now, there are more members of that class all over the record books than any other class. But I think this one has the opportunity to be right up there with that. In my mind, even though, and it's no, I know y'all are like, oh, you're biased. You're on in that class. I was at the bottom of the class. I'm not being biased. The top to bottom, that was our best class. This one can join up there for me. That no bias. I definitely love the take there. I like how you kind of, um, you know, mentioned that, you know, even if Satterfield were to win a, a decent amount of games this year and some schools were looking to go after him, you know, maybe this recruiting <laughs> class, um, sort of keeps him here and um, you know but but necessarily we will we will definitely see um baseball wise though hold on the show hold on no 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 uh do you remember last week when kenny said he wasn't just going to offer people like he wanted the Louisville offer to mean a lot mm -hmm. from our guy jake weingarten this was just tweeted out Louisville has offered 2024 five-star Carter Knox, brother of Kevin Knox of the Atlanta Hawks, who was mm -hmm. coached at Kentucky by current Louisville head coach Kenny Payne. 
those are the guys. Like, we may miss out on some of these guys, but I need the Louisville fan base to strap up, strap up, put that seatbelt on, and enjoy the ride. We're going to, is that going to be like years past where we offer a bunch of four stars and three star? We're going four and five star only, and we're going to miss some of them, but we're going to get the Fisher kid. We didn't miss out on him. We chose to go another direction. The, um, who was uh, the Hunter kid? That was a situation, and we'll talk about that more on the show tonight. But that was a situation where, uh, another uh, had it not been for one of the guys staying in the draft, we would have had that. He was expected to come back to school. He didn't. We would have had him, but right. he he he'd wanted to go uh, to the school he committed to for a for a while. I said Kansas, but you know what I mean. Uh, there are all the big eight teams, big 12 teams, whatever you want to call them are all the same to me. And then the, this Malachi, the Malachi kid, like that was a situation where, you know, Kenny got some commitments from other people. So just, just calm down, relax. Guys like this though, man, excite me because I can't tell you how many times Andrew Wiggins may have been the last five-star Louisville offered. So I'm not sure. So to baseball, we don't, I don't want to short them on time. That's my fault. I just wanted to – I saw that come up live on the Twitter feed. And All good. All good. It's definitely – uh, so this podcast, that doesn't necessarily, it does follow a, uh, a, um, a path, but it also kind of allows you to kind of go off that path at times. Baseball, you're right. Um, obviously, if you are Thank watching you, this, you are not going to hear the electronically implemented advertisements that you would if you were listening to this on an audio service like Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, so on and so forth. Um, so stay tuned there. But with the final segment, Cardinal Sports Zone co-founder and editor Jeremy Wallman on for the second episode on this fine Tuesday edition of the show. The baseball team has found out their path to the Super Regional the first time hosting since 2019, the Cardinals, the 12 overall seed, will take on Southeast Missouri State on Friday. And then the winner of that will take on the winner of the 2-3 matchup, the Oregon Ducks and the Michigan Wolverines. If you can remember, the Cardinals defeated the Wolverines, took two out of three against them when the Wolverines were ranked a little higher. Um, I think it was back in March. Um, but overall, I think it's a win that the Cardinals did not um, – or did not have Vandy included in their regional, like had been mentioned uh, on a couple oh, every, of projections. But yeah, everybody was convinced that Vandy or LSU were going to be our number. When LSU got snubbed for one, they're like, "That's Louisville's too." Thank, and that would have been that would be kind of tough because those SEC teams, had, you know, even though they've got a lot of losses, I would rather take a uh, a team from the Big Ten or the Pac-12 that's won more games. Sure. In my regional, rather than an SEC team that might be kind of close to the middle of the pack. But I digress. Jeremy, this ranking doesn't really surprise me. I know a lot of people were kind of like 12, and I'm like, yeah, this team really laid an egg in the ACC tournament, lost two games, um, and, and kind of um, you know pushed themselves out of the – out of the uh, line for a top eight seed, which is what it is. It seems like Wolves done that every single time that they've gone to the ACC tournament. It's just not necessarily lived up to the expectations. But uh, I want to ask you before we get out of here, uh, what is the what's the bottom line for the baseball team? Is there? I, I know with the twelve seed, it's a little bit interesting. But this is a team with w- college World Series aspirations every year. Is the expectation expectation? Is the expectation getting to the World Series or is it just getting to the Super Regional because you are the lower seed and then anything else after that's icing on the cake? 
Well, first off, Dalton, I hate it when people say, oh, this is the first time since 2019. Well, this is the 2022 COVID, season. I, I Co- understand. Co- COVID that wiped team was out winning here. it all. So this, Possibly. So that means this is the first time in two seasons that we've held a, a – well, so I mean, that's really just, not as impressive. As a matter of fact. I, mean, I, it, I know, but people. it just gets on my nerves when people try to make it seem like it's a bit like you just did, uh, make it a bigger deal than it is. So. <laughs> What do you what do you want me to say? The first time since I'll just be like this is something that Louisville baseball absolutely this is this is as Louisville baseball we expect to host regionals and we have technically what you could say is this is like the they they had one season where they didn't host and then now they're back absolutely so because last year they didn't make the tournament I absolutely love this draw I I think that the that it's it's a successful year to me. Uh, if we make the supers and hopefully we win the supers, but like again, we're in such a wonky society these days where it's like if you don't make the the College World Series of baseball every year and win it, then you suck. If you don't make a BCS game, you suck. Sorry, you know what I mean. CFP game, you suck. And if, mm-hmm. if you don't, make, if you're not in the Elite Eight, then you suck. And then sometimes even if you are in the Elite Eight and lose to a team that was on a hot streak, you suck. We got to get out of that mentality because that's not. That's not the case. And there's a lot of teams out there, especially that one down the road, that would love to host a regional. Right. And it seems like we host regional after regional after regional. And I think that we got a very interesting draw because, as you mentioned before, we played Michigan uh, earlier in the season. And I'm going to pull that up real quick because I, li- I like to, to – w- with baseball, I'm a little bit more um, hands-on. So I, I would like to um, – to be to be accurate when I talk about this, let's go Louisville baseball schedule. And I, as you stated earlier, I know that we we played we played Michigan earlier this season, correct? Yeah, we won two out of three. Okay, let's see. Well, let's see. Wait a minute, is this this year? Sorry. Okay, it is. So Akron, TCU, Michigan. Okay. So yeah, they they beat the breaks off us one game, and then we came back and was like, "Ha, we're gonna beat the breaks off you too." Then we swept number one Notre Dame. Oh, by the way, NC State not being included in this tournament is an absolute travesty. They got screwed out of the College World Series last year, and then they're like, oh, let's just bone them again this year. Sorry. But um, you know what? I, I felt like, and maybe this was last year I'm thinking about it, I felt like we played Oregon. Uh, we didn't. Uh, I know that. So before you're like, no, we didn't. We we've played Oregon recently as well, so I'll I'll just say that maybe not this season, but fact of the matter is, you, you asked the question, what's going to be enough for me? If we make it to the supers, it'll be enough. I think this is a very winnable region. I think it's also kind of an advantage for Michigan. They're coming, they are coming to us. They are coming into a a playoff environment where they have already played one of the teams. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, the, the series was was it here? It was here. So they're they're yeah. it's not like one of these teams where we catch them off guard because they don't know the facilities. They played three games here already. Mm-hmm. That's going to be an advantage to, for them over the other teams. So I I completely expect it to be a Louisville Michigan battle here. Uh, not to not to put Oregon or SEMO, uh, That's what I'm gonna call them down i mean nobody expects the four seed ever to win but i think there's going to be a louisville michigan situation i think that 
I do not think that Texas A&M is going to win their regional. So I do think it comes to a point to where we're host. Sorry, to where we are hosting the supers again. Um, I think TCU is going to take care of them, and I think we host TCU uh, in the supers if if it's that. But this team has one major flaw right now, and it's the consistency of their pitching. Now, one something you can say about the Louisville baseball team is they have been able to come back from. Uh, Except for the Virginia Tech series. I believe it was a Virginia Tech here a couple weeks ago. You've been able to put any kind of deficit against Louisville, and they've come back in the last three innings and won those games. Uh, it's not been that way here the last two weeks. And as you said, we normally lay a goose egg in the ACC tournament. Um, so that's something that that should – I, I honestly, and I was talking to our guy um, – from College Baseball Nation, Matt Sevakovic, and he agrees with me. Like, what you do in the, the the conference tournaments should only be used to help you. It should not hurt you. They Louisville got that seeding in the ACC tournament over a complete body of work over the whole season. They should not have had. A, they should not have been punished with a twelve. They should have. They were projected. Five minutes before the ACC tournament to be a five seed, a five national seed. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me they fell seven spots just because they lost to a couple of duty teams with not their best pitchers pitching? I don't like it. And Georgia I, Tech's I, in the tournament, so it's not like they're a bad team. And how they made the tournament and NC State didn't, that's another discussion. NC State is the highest team to ever, highest ranked RPI team to ever be left out of the tournament, I think is what I saw yesterday. Mm-hmm. They were sitting squarely at about 30, was it 30 or 17? Some, for some reason, both of those are popping out of me for some reason. I, I do know they're the highest ranked ever team ever to be left out, and there were three or four ACC, nine ACC teams overall, and for and they were they had better conference records, better overall records, were higher ranked than I think four of those teams. So they're right. getting absolutely hosed. Uh, maybe we could call our guys down at NC State and have them on the show sometime really soon to talk about that. But super, for me, it's supers. Supers, super, supers. There's a lot of schools in the country that don't even get to experience that. So we, mm-hmm. we need to stop taking that for granted and, and put a lot of stock in that because it can, at the end of the season, there can only be one winner after all. So what you're trying to tell me in this society is if you don't, if you finish second, you suck. So let's let's not be like that. Let's not be like those guys down the road. Let's 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 cheer our teams on. Let's be proud of them. And anything past the regionals is an accomplishment. So let's treat them treat them as such. The baseball team opens up their play on Friday, two o'clock Eastern time at Jim Patterson Stadium against the Southeast Missouri State Redhawks or something like that. I digress. I thought so they Jeremy- were the Bears or the Tigers. Are you going? I not on Friday. I'm not. I might go on Saturday. Obviously, okay. I work. So Do you? It's, 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 yeah, it's don't really tough. seem like work to me, but okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I would give you the four, but that's all the time we got right now. <laughs> like, go ahead. You have the four. Obviously, plug us into. <laughs> I didn't have the four. I promise you, CardinalSportsZone.com at CardSportsZone doing the podcast tonight either at 6 30 or 7 my podcast teammates are inept and not able to respond to text messages only the people who aren't going to show up always text me not the ones that do so check it out tonight though yeah i'm burying them a little bit but they deserve it love y'all 
Love locked on Louisville. Dalton's okay. But that's going to wrap up this special Tuesday episode of the show. Everyone have a great day. We will see you back here sometime this week.